She congratulated us, it's about us, on our victory. And I congratulated her and her family on a very, very hard-fought campaign. I mean, she, she fought very hard. Hillary has worked very long and very hard over a long period of time, and we owe her a major debt of gratitude for her service to our country. I mean that very sincerely. Now it's time for America to bind the wounds of division. We have to get together. To all Republicans and Democrats and independents across this nation, I say it is time for us to come together as one united people. Christian King, ESPN New Hampshire, streaming live on ESPNNH.com, streaming live on TuneIn. Nice to have you with us today. It is a cloudy Wednesday in New Hampshire. I'm Christian Arkin, and that is Tom King. Hello, Tom. Oh, Canada, <laughs> our home and native land. I don't believe it. I can't. those. China! We're going to hear that for four years? Oh, yes, we are. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. I'll tell you. I'll tell you now, even though... China! You didn't win New Hampshire, right? You didn't win New Hampshire, but even though you didn't win New Hampshire, to me, the tip-off, the first, like, hmm, what's going on, was when I went to the polling place yesterday, and there wasn't anybody there. Not a big turnout. That shocked me. I thought there'd be lines out the door to prevent him from getting in. And there weren't. Mm. And that's what happened. That had to be it. I think you're right. It had to be. He was able to get his people out and she wasn't. Exactly. That's it. That's it. They weren't trying to turn the other side to their side. Right. They that just, wasn't the plan. No, that wasn't the plan. The plan was get our people. Yeah, get the people on get... our side who aren't going to vote and get them to vote. Right. Exactly. And he did it. He yeah. won. President Trump. In the right states. Yes. In the President right states. President Trump. That he needed. President Trump. And there you go. Yeah. It's happened. It did. He really did it. Donald Trump, did, he, he basically ran for president on a whim. He campaigned in a way that no one has ever seen before in the primaries. Yeah. Tossing out grenades at all these, at this I know. stage full of people. And everyone said, well, once it gets down to just him and her and it's one choice or the other, he won't be able to say, oh, well, what about this, that, and that? He's going to have to stay full. He's going to have to be by. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. Even one-on-one against a career politician. Yeah. Who was secretary of state and a senator and... And a first lady. And a first lady. How about this? Now Clinton's vice president and spouse have both gotten beat. Yep. Tough night for the Clinton brand. No kidding, huh? Yeah. Gee, who'd have thought maybe running around the White House with your pants down for eight years wasn't the greatest <laughs> thing for the people who were going to come after you, you know? I know it. No kidding, huh? Amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah. But that's what happened. It now had here to we be. are. Here we are. President Donald It had Trump. to be. And you know, it's funny. It, go ahead, sorry. It's funny. If, a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. 
sat with a with a buddy of mine at the compound outside, and I, we were joking about Trump, and I'm going, I said, "Well, yeah, this is just all fluff." He's not going, and my my buddy says, "No, he's." I didn't even pay attention to who at that time who was ahead in the Republican. He said, "No, he's way ahead." Mm. I go, "What?" Yeah, you got to be kidding me. And look at this. He took it all the way. All the way. <laughs> You'll be so proud of your president. Oh, boy. That was the only part. I actually thought his speech, his victory speech. It wasn't bad. Yeah, was I, I heard bits and pieces. I didn't it was the, the best thing. speech he's ever made. Until that part when he says, you're going to be so proud of your president. Like, really? <laughs> Who talks like that? Well, no, but that's just it. He's not a politician. Yeah. No, but that's like how a... That's like how a... In a movie, you know, like a yeah, romantic yeah. comedy. Oh, yeah, I know. You're going to be so proud of your president. Like, what? What? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. It's a weird way to... Weird step to... Well, but you know the, what? His that, message was unity and all the rest of that, which is very... Well, uh, you have to do that. No, you don't. He, yeah, does, he so. doesn't. Well I, think, well, I think anybody... I How mean, did he win the election? He didn't win the election doing that. No, but now he's, a, now, he's, <laughs> now he's the president. Yeah. You know, a lot of presidents, you know, kind of stray a little bit from their campaign image what they, i say is what i say so we'll see if that happens mm. but the other the flip side to this is the absolute depression on the part of the people who who are shocked at and and not happy i mean they're really like it is a dark day it, they are really cowering in the corner and you know it's it's wow if you're a, if you're a certain <laughs> type of person, yeah, how can this not be a dark day for you? Considering the things that he said about, and I mean, it's not. Oh, you know, when yeah. Mexico oh, sure. sends its people, they're not sending their best. I mean, that's that was the, that was the platform of his campaign. Sure. Oh yeah. No, I know. And no, maybe he was really just talking about illegals and people who break but the that's law. What, and that's what that's what he was talking about. Of course yeah. he was. But when you say Mexico doesn't send us our best people, they're and bringing drugs. Yeah. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. I mean, come on. Like, that's when, when that's the thing, you know, when you start with that. <laughs> and, and that gets everybody going, well, yeah! You know, well, like, that's. So diametrically opposed to what the last eight years have been. Oh, yeah. That's just it. See, it's a stark, stark contrast. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take a lot of getting used to for a lot of people if they choose to get used to it. I mean, yeah. who, who, you know, look. You, who knows what the next four years are going to be like? I don't know what where you go from here politically. I don't know what the presidential elections are going to be from now on. When we get to 2016 and nominate the two worst candidates there's ever been, and then, you know, wait for you, then what? You know, there was nobody on either of those states. Well, Bernie Sanders is going to be 95 next time well, there's that's a presidential the, well, that's election. Uh, Martin O'Malley, come on. There was nobody else in the Democrat. Lincoln Chafee, come on. There was nobody you take right. seriously. Right. And the Republican was a big clown show, too, the Republican primary. That's why he won it. That's why you yeah, get the nomination. But now where do you go? Well, wait, wait, I mean, who's the the, what do you The Democrats will figure something out. See, I thought if You think? The biggest you know who the biggest in a way the biggest loser in my mind last night was Marco Rubio, even though he won. Because now he's gotta wait. He's not gonna get in there in the next four years. He's no. not gonna challenge the incumbent. No. no way. He'll be like sixty by the time he gets a shot again. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know? You won't be that young, fresh faced little Marco anymore. <laughs> little little Marco. Little <laughs> Little tiny Marco. <laughs> oh, man. You know? Oh, Thank you very much. That's really nice. Oh, Thank you. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, four years of that. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm.
Stark contrast. That's good sure. concession speech. Well, I mean, it's not really a concession speech. You already lost. You know, a concession speech means that yeah, was just a speech to his supporters. Right. That's it all. Was it was just the I lost speech, basically. Right. Yeah. And it was pretty good. It's a good speech. Yeah. And ultimately, while I am uh, crestfallen at the prospect of a Donald Trump presidency, I think it's going to be terrible. And not because he's a Republican, because he's Donald Trump. Okay. I think there's some. T- Bill Clinton, I think, was a terrible president. George W. Bush, I think, was a terrible you president. You know, Clinton was a terrible president? Yeah, I do. Okay. Because I'm kind of a one issue voter. And when, for me, you know, I had a cousin who died in September 11th. Oh, before the, uh, the, the, the right, all that. Yes, Clinton exactly. Foreign policy. Ignored, yeah, right, exactly. Completely, completely ignored, ignored the CIA right. and everyone who gave him all this credible information and right. said, don't, they're going to attack us. They're going to, he said, nah, it's okay. And not only did he sort of blow it off, he spent the whole time running around with his pants down. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, you know, right. bleep you. And then Bush becomes the president. He ignores the exact same information. 9/11, that surprised me. Nine eleven happens, and then he invades the wrong country. So I mean, like, <laughs> I'm not really that. I'm not really that enamored with either one of the sides. I think Obama was probably better than either one of them. But you know, his presidency is still going on right now. It's hard to really look back and judge it yet. But looking back at Clinton and Bush, I it's not a well, question. Bush was yeah, Bush was hard. It's not a question Bush. of the laundry to me. It is a question of, of leadership and competence. Bush and I don't was think the- that. Trump is either one of those things. Yeah, and, and so the question is now. I don't get, know that Hillary would have been either. Does he get four or does he get eight? That's the thing. Mm. You know? I think Hillary would have been, I mean, Hillary knew what arms to twist. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know you know how the game is. I mean, yeah, well, you see it on TV a lot with shows and stuff like that, but it, it's probably the way it is played. There's a lot of dirty stuff that goes on, and Hillary would have gotten down and dirty, but she also would have. You know, she looked for votes, and that's what they do. They look for votes mm-hmm. in the in the in the Congress. The other big thing to me is the fact that the Congress now is all Republican. That's the you. That's that's almost bigger than this. Yeah, I know. That's, you know, because now it's unchecked power. That's unchecked that power, and you don't like that at all. No, you know that's the thing. So Republicans didn't like Obama, but they had the House, so they could fight him if they wanted to. Right, and now that's not the case anymore. Trump is. Bent the GOP to his will. I mean, they're not yeah. gonna. They, it's you fall in line, or yeah, I'll replace you. Yeah, you know that's what's happening here. And you want well, that's not how democracy works. Let's see how Trump democracy works. That'd be interesting. You know, it's not like he didn't already start talking about n- rearranging the First Amendment so that newspapers can't write mean things about him. I mean, I he know. said some really scary oh, things. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, through. no doubt about it, you know? And I don't know that he's necessarily going to follow through on all those That's things. That's just it. See, a lot of that is... I is, think it was just stuff a lot of that is campaign. A lot of, a lot of that is campaign stuff and fighting back and everything else. That's it's all just, that is. It's so... You know? it's, but it's, you're right, though. The thing is, is with him is... You're right. Fall in line or, you know... It's talk, just depressing to think that that sort of talk, you know, stifling journalists and... Oh, yeah. Kick out all the Muslims and, you know, all that stuff, that that was... Those are the things you say to get elected in the United States in 2016. Yeah, I know. That's huh? how you do it. That's ugh. Well, that, that's what you said to get elected against her, you know? Mm. And that was the thing. So, but... And I think she was a bad candidate, too. I think they both were bad candidates who ran, ran bad campaigns. You know, I really do. I don't think that she deserved this any more than he did. I wonder if the... Attacks on Trump in terms of digging out all the, all, you know, the videotape and everything else, all the, all the, the sexist stuff and, and harassment stuff and, and trotting people out one after the other coming out. He did this to me. He did that to me. I wonder if that backfired on her. 
I'm, I'm wondering. I just throwing it out there. I'm wondering if it backfired on her. Backfired as in people it, said that's as in people that's were not that big as a deal. no as in people were turned off by it, saying, "Look, I want to know what you're going to do and vote on this or that. I want to know what that. I, I don't care about what Trump did. You know, I want to know what you're going to do. You know, I wonder if that sometimes that the negative campaigning backfires. And sometimes, it was, and it was pretty. I mean, look, it's pretty obvious they dug it out. You know. Yeah. So these people all of a sudden just didn't wake up one morning and say, I really ought to say something about this. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of effort put into that. No question. You know, and I wonder if that turned off some people. And then again, what it did was turn people off to both of them to the point where they didn't go out. Mm. And And she thought she could risk that. Sure, that that had to be talked about, and that had that was a calculated risk that they took. They didn't think it was that high of a risk. Yeah, they didn't. I think it's really amazing, and I'm not casting judgment. I'm just saying I think it's amazing. Oh yeah, that women, Hispanics, minority in general, couldn't turn out turned out more against Romney than they did against Trump. Yes, yes, that I think is astounding. It is. It really is. And maybe that has more to do with with her than him. Probably does. But it's still really something to think mm-hmm. about because there's never been a more focused and blatant sort of attack from a presidential candidate on certain types of people and groups of people that way. You know what I mean? That's uh, never right. happened That's before. That's never happened before. And, and because this is a guy who's never been a politician before, too. So, it's, so he's running with his personality. Yeah. There's been politicians who have had policies that were racist and that were, you know, that were bad. Okay, but they didn't come out and say, "I want to build a wall and keep you out." This is, I want this is, to this is his person- ban you type of people from coming into the country. This like, is that's- his personality. Yeah, he's not a career politician. Never ran for office before. At least Carter and Reagan had become governors. Right. Okay, they weren't career politicians, and they were seen as communicating. You know what I mean? Yes, like they, they were communicating. Right. Trump is not a communicator. No. I mean, Trump is a. Trump is an act, you know. He's a he's a he's show. A show, yeah. He's a show, he and now we have a show in the White House. Yeah. So now the issue is not the issue, but the question I have is: Okay, who does he surround himself with? Giuliani. Who's, who's in his cabinet? Giuliani, who looked like he was on the verge of just—I mean, <laughs> you look sane compared uh, to Giuliani. Yeah. Oh, I know. You know, I know it really. I, know. I mean, he looks like a lunatic. Does there be anybody my age in the White House? I don't think so. <laughs> One hundred and three people don't fit. Do you watch that show Veep? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you remember the old crazy guy? Who yeah, that was in the it. basement. Yeah, that's yeah, you. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's you. The, yeah, it's the eagle or whatever. It's definitely <laughs> me. That guy, was, yep, that guy was amazing. Oh, God. <laughs> when he got up in the middle of the meeting and went in the closet. Yep. That was the funniest. <laughs> that guy was the best. Whatever. But this, this is, you know, who does he, all right, who, who's in his cabinet? Who's he got? You know, who's going to be around? Who's going to be taught? Who's going to be his right hand person? Honestly, he should keep every single one of his surrogates, campaign managers, all of those people. Those people worked round the clock. Yeah, no kidding. Huh? Twisting themselves into pretzels <laughs> yes, on live television yep. to try and defend the crap that came out of his mouth. Right. And they and it and they and worked. It wor- well, they did it. He, they they yeah, did it. It worked. You know, when I turned it on last night, I saw that he was after I finished work, I saw that he was winning in Ohio, which I talked about yesterday. I said I didn't think he was gonna have a chance in Ohio. We remember we talked about that? Yeah. 
and he was won Ohio, winning Ohio, winning in Florida. Then he won North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe the chink in the armor <coughs> was when he lost Virginia. But then the more Michigan hung in there, and then I I I went to bed. I didn't didn't see the you know I don't know it was one one o'clock, and I still hadn't they still hadn't figured out everything. And but I saw that he was, you know. Like twenty votes away, twenty electoral college votes away. Yeah, and I said, "Oh," and but it, when, when I saw that he had won those big states early on in the evening, and you know, towards nine o'clock, nine thirty, I said, "This is going to be close." Yeah, and when you get a, an underdog, a heavy underdog, who all of a sudden makes it close, mm-hmm. what happens? Yeah, I they went on at ten win. o'clock, and uh, Chris Volani was on with me. He did a fantastic job. He was excellent. Volani was a stud last night. Uh, and he's been on the campaign trail. He works for the Herald. So he was, you know, he had the numbers ready and the mm-hmm. road to 270. And, I mean, he was he was a great resource there and sort of the different scenarios and everything. And as it kept going and states kept getting called and it looked like, you know, there was deficits that were too big to overcome in some of these other states like Wisconsin and Michigan and sort of that. He looked at me. He goes, Trump's going to win. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I no, said, you I can said, tell. He is? He said, yeah. <laughs> and this was off the air. I said, should we say that on the air? He goes, I don't know. I don't want to be wrong. Well, but, you just go. You, but he's going to win. <laughs> I mean, look, you could tell the CNN people yeah. were looking at each other and like, you know, this is very real. This could happen. Mm-hmm. They were really great. The way they broke down counties and everything. Oh, yeah, was, yeah. That no, was fabulous. That was fascinating to watch. I know. And they were doing that during the primary season. It was giving me a headache. But last night, for some reason, I was enamored with it. So, but. And then. There's the Patriots. <laughs> Which we will certainly get to. Oh, my God. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady both answering questions, sort of. I give Brady an A-. minus. Belichick, I give a, a D plus. Okay. Yep. The texts are coming in fast and furious. Oh, I'm sure they are. Thanks for your support in the Arcan curse, a-hole, signed Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Arcan and King, when they're talking about politics, are... Wrong, 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 wrong. Glad to see you two asshats are just as stupid in politics as you are in sports. Hey, Candyman, thanks for putting the Arcan curse on Hillary. Who knew it worked outside of sports? Signed, President-elect Trump. Uh... President Trump! And, uh, hey, Candyman, when I get into office, I will have a White House apprentice show. I want you to be on it so I can fire your ass. Signed. President Trump. Thank you very much, Dexter. Oh. <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you, I wasn't going to call in sick to work today. I can take it. I was on these airwaves talking about I would do whatever. I'd vote for anybody to make sure he didn't win, and he won. And here we are. <laughs> you know what? It's, uh, it's going to be, for a lot of us, an interesting Four years, eight years, whatever I'm trying to it think. is. When is the last? And I think for some of us, it's going to be a really bad four years. When is the last time that this? Is there ever been a time when when the when people have been so depressed over losing a presidential election? Hmm. I I, I don't remember any. It wasn't that when Reagan won. I don't think there was this reaction. McCain, there wasn't because no, he yeah, lost because of Palin. I mean, he lost. I mean, I don't think. I think oh, are you saying people who are depressed because their candidate lost? No, depressed I, I think just. Be, I mean, look. If you take the overall, if you take the overall pulse of this region, mm-hmm. right, of this region, who knows what the rest of the country is like? But this region, they're all like, "Oh my God!" Yeah, you know. So when's the last time that Gore, was ever Gore felt? Maybe? I didn't think so. Well, Bush was that wasn't that. Outrageous. No, he wasn't outrageous, but yeah. I think people were like, oh, okay. Well, well that took forever. 
Yeah. But I think, that was the uh, drag. But I think by the time it dragged out so long, people were already. Uh, you know, yeah, already I don't. I haven't. I haven't seen that many elections, so I couldn't tell you. But I mean, you know. I mean, I, the last, the first one I really. I was eighteen for Bush the first Moore. one. I really. I mean, as a kid, as a little kid, was when uh, you know when when um, like you said, John Quincy Adams got elected. Yeah, so right. Was, yeah. yeah. So when you, when Ulysses S. Grant, he got, wanted to fight those damn Whig. When Ulysses S. Grant back, got you know? elected, yeah. you know that was tough because everybody knew we were putting a drunk in the White House. That's so right. That was it. You know so. <laughs> and it wasn't like a normal uh, drunk that that moonshine they used to drink back then that you give you an angry drunk you know yep exactly yeah, no, uh, yeah ruined a lot of lives we got to take a break 603-883-9900 is your phone number we'll get to the patriots in a second here it's christian and king listen live or watch the show live streaming on our facebook at espn new hampshire have you been putting off a home improvement project because your budget's a little tight We'll put it off no longer. Nashua Wallpaper is your one-stop decorating center for cabinets, countertops, flooring, paint and supplies, wallpaper, window treatments, and especially designing and remodeling kitchens and baths. With top-of-the-line products from Advantage, Craftmade, and others, your kitchen or bath will be looking beautiful in no time. Find out more at NashuaPaint.com. Have you suffered a motor vehicle injury and need professional assistance? Do you need a team that gets you back on track and taking the green? That team for you is Bardis Law. Bardis Law has three attorneys and two paralegals that can assist you if you've been injured in an accident. Athletes get injured on the field and on the track all the time. Routine injuries can be expected in sports. Accidents are not anticipated in everyday activities. If you get injured in a motor vehicle accident, call Bardis Law at 603-420-8588 or visit www.bardislaw.com. We all have our mountains, the challenges that push us further. At Coors Light, our mountain is brewing the world's most refreshing beer. That's why all of our breweries cold lager, to give Coors Light its signature crisp taste. It's why we cold filter to ensure brilliance and clarity. And it's why we package cold to seal in Coors Light's refreshing flavor. Because we believe every climb deserves a refreshing finish. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Great beer, great responsibility. The Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit AppleTherapy.com. This is Laura Stelchik with Elise Jolly from Merrimack High School. Can you tell me a little bit about some of your activities at school? I am a part of the Merrimack Volleyball Athletic. I'm on the swim team and the track and field team in the spring. I do student council. What would you say the swim, lacrosse, basketball, track and field have in common? Anything? <laughs> the team atmosphere experiences you have with each team within and the sport you find between the team. What is it like? like to know that you're leaving your school that you've been so involved in with your friends and all your activities to know that you're going to be leaving that are you excited or are you nervous it's exciting to see what else the world has to offer and what else is out there but at the same time having to like leave your comfort zone and throwing yourself out there is cool and nerve-wracking because you built so much and like i'm going to be different to like elise where are you looking at going to school playing volleyball at the university of delaware in new york so i'm really excited to be down there i'm looking at maybe doing something along like my biological sciences and and who would you say has influenced you the most in your academics i would say that my siblings i have both worlds of siblings and one of them my brother james has definitely led me to be who i am today um and tammy lambro because she has been there for me for the past five years that was elise jolly apple therapy student athlete of the month for october nominate your son or daughter sign up now at espnnhradio.com
With six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gate video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers in all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located in Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit AppleTherapy.com. The Sports Blast. Let's say the season ended today and they go to Toronto for a one-game play-in in the wildcard game. Who is your starting pitcher? David Price. Given how bad he's been this season, Dave, given how bad he's been in the playoffs in his entire career, you still go to Price? Yes. Why? Because he's the guy. Who has the best stuff in the starting rotation? Price. Thank you. That's Obviously all I Price. need to know. He one game, been. one day, who has the best stuff in your rotation? If it's David Price, that's your pitcher. Every Saturday from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. The good news is that if you go to Buffalo Wild Wings, order from the Fast Break Lunch menu, and don't get your food within 15 minutes, your lunch is free. The bad news is, we don't plan on taking longer than 15 minutes. Free lunches? Are you crazy? What kind of business model is that? Lunch fast or it's free. We do it for you. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings. Beer. Sports. For limited time only at participating locations. Valid for tables of six or less. Other restrictions apply. See participating location for details. If you or a loved one has sleep apnea, you can help advance research that may lead to a cure. Every day, researchers are working to help patients, but they need more information from people like you. MyApnea.org is an online community where providers, researchers, families, and patients can share and learn from each other. When you join the community, you'll connect to new information, researchers, doctors, and tools to help you wake up to a better future. Fill out the online survey at MyApnea.org, a public service from the American Sleep Apnea Association. We've got it all here on ESPN New Hampshire. We're back. It's Christian and King, ESPN New Hampshire, streaming live on ESPNNH.com. Good to have you with us today on this uh, Wednesday, November 9th, 2016. A day we will all remember for a long, long time. Well, the 8th we will. What about the, well, the 9th, the I ninth guess. Is yeah, the 9th is when it got yeah. called. Yes, that's true. He didn't a win the election until the 9th. It was still tied in the 8th. Remember the 8th? Remember how great the 8th was? Huh? Sunny? Nice. Eighth. That was a that was a great day. November eighth, <laughs> November ninth. I don't know. I'm not sold on the, on the ninth yet, but the eighth. That was a day. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely incredible. It really is. Yeah, I'm kind of. I mean, that was a great line of barstool sports. Hillary blew a three one lead. She really did three <laughs> one series lead. She yeah. was up at one point like seventy five percent to twenty five percent. In the popular? That's, yeah, that's technically a 3-1 lead, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the polling, like in the pre... How about the polls, by the way? How about Nate Silver and Sam Wang and all these hoity-toity, you know, statisticians, well, that's why. that's why you have... have been telling us all this time about their unimpeachable model that's, that you can't, that, I mean... Well, that's why you have to assume that... Get all the way that, out of my face with that. Well, that's why you have to assume that those polls, uh, you know, coming out like that, basically told people they didn't have to get out and go vote. <laughs> 
Mm. You know, the ones that, you know, Hillary's got it in the bag. We don't need, you know, just need my vote. Yeah, you know? it's true. And that's probably, that's that's the only way you can take that. Yeah. Sometimes those things backfire. This is clearly one of those uh, elections where it probably, where it likely did. I mean, I, I, I can't think of any other explanation. Were there that many undecided people out there? No. No, I didn't think so. I think people just didn't. I just think answer, her people. Honestly, I just yeah maybe 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 they didn't you know they didn't answer honestly and and maybe the ones that did answer a lot of them didn't go out and vote you know that's also very possible. Yep. So well, we know who uh, Bill Belichick supported. Yes, yes, we do. He supported Trump. He sent him a letter that we talked about a lot yesterday, and the letter which Trump read. At a rally up in Manchester uh, two nights ago. Endorsed Donald for president. So we hope that the results make America great again. And, all you know, I mean, it was a no no way to misconstrue it. It was an endorsement of the candidate. It was an endorsement of the candidate, but he did explain it. This guy's a friend of mine. He's right. been a friend of mine for a long time, you know. And, and then he said I'm... it was not political. Yeah, that's yeah, unfortunate. Unfortunately, unfortunately. Phil. Right. But here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Not I'll... political? Well, here's the thing. He didn't do it because he wanted to make a political statement. Really? Belgium. Now, yes, he did it. Then why not send the letter after the election? Because he, he wanted to support his guy the night before the election. And he wanted his guy to read it out loud? Well, see, that's just it. That's see, making a political see, statement, Tom. See, I think that that, I still don't buy the fact that he thought that that was going to be read out loud until he sent the second letter. Well, then letter. he should be, he, there was two letters, first of all. I know, all. that's the thing. And second see, of all, even if there was only one letter? Right. You gotta be a little smarter than that, don't you? Yeah, you do. You have to. You have to assume. If that you don't that's want that happen. to get out, and you don't want people asking you about it to, now, you have to assume that that's going to happen. When faced with the questions, he had a little preamble, as Bill sometimes does before he, you know, started taking questions and said all that. He said, you know, he was just a friend, and it wasn't a political thing. I'm not a political person. I wrote him the letter. I like him. He's a friend of mine, and you know that that was it. And uh, I just want to talk about the Seattle Seahawks. So. The first question came out and said, were you surprised? Or, I, I don't remember what the very first question was. you surprised was. you read it, read the letter? Are you surprised you read it out loud? Yeah, he said just uh, Seattle. Or did you give him permission to read, read the yeah, letter? Yeah, right. he said just said Seattle. Seattle. And then Steve Buckley uh, asked a long question. Yeah, about the effect in the locker room. And we'll while play, we'll while play that he was asking today, the question, just, I want to play this one clip right now. Yeah. While Buckley was asking the question, just, just listen, here we go. Yeah, I know. Trump read the but your team's always been good at keeping outside distractions on the outside. Given the nature of this presidential race, yeah. did you find it, yeah. did you find it uh, helpful to talk Seattle. to your players about this? If any of your players talk to you about this, are there Seattle. any concerns about <laughs> that was any funny. locker room rancor as a result of this? And then no one asked the question for like another 10 seconds. Right. You know what? Good for Buckley for getting through yeah, it. Yeah, you got through it. Yeah. You got to ask so it. Another yeah. reporter might have just said, okay, sorry, Seattle. You have to ask the effect of the locker room. Brady talked about the effect of the locker room. Yes, he did. He did Brady yeah. actually talked a little. He said yeah. more, more than I thought he would. Yeah, he did. So, I mean, we'll uh, Belichick later in the press conference addressed a couple of things. He did. Address, he, did a, he was asked a little bit more about it at the end of his press conference. Okay. And he, did a, he didn't answer Seattle. He did a, answer with a couple of statements, a couple of things. So we'll hear it. We'll hear. It. <laughs> okay. Um, so, that yeah, was a instead great of way saying to... Seattle, he said C. Yep. At. Tull. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Shut the. Uh, yeah, I know. Oh. Right. Right. <laughs> I know. I was surprised he addressed the letter. 
But I think he was probably, you know, he he probably sat down with Bergeron. Well, he knew he was going to get questions about and, it. And Nigerian said, yeah, I think you probably should talk about it. Yeah. You know? And he said, yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. I, I, listen, I know Bill is kind of a weird guy, and I know that he has his friends, right. and he says he writes dozens of letters every day or whatever it was. Oh, he, yeah, no, he sends letters out to people. That's that's great, okay? No, I know. It. I mean, I know they're it. not all running for president, are they? I mean, if you no. send a letter like that to a presidential candidate, yeah, but in other and words, the presidential candidate reads it the night before, before the election, election. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. in a swing state, which it didn't matter up here, but yeah, I mean... But I don't think he. I don't think Bill sat down and said, oh, he's going to be in New Hampshire. I'm going to send him this letter so he can read it out loud and get the votes. I don't Tom. think that happened. I'm sorry, I don't think that happened. It's a little naive, isn't it? No, it's not. He's not. Look, he he's, had no idea the impact of him not, doing oh, that. Oh, I'm sure he ha- I'm sure. So then that's a political statement. Well, Yes, a, it is. But look, here's the thing. Bill Belichick didn't get up there and, and campaign for, Don, for Donald Trump. Okay? He didn't. He endorsed right? him? Yes, he did because he's his buddy. He's his friend. So he sent the guy a letter. Mm-hmm. The thing that and the said, mistake, read it out loud. well, no, the mistake he made was, yeah, go ahead, read it out loud. I'll send you another one that you can read. We don't know what the other letter said. I'd love to know what the first letter said. The first That's letter it. said everything in this second letter is not to be taken seriously or I ever would, read out right, loud. I would love to know what that first letter said. The first letter said, "Do not read the second letter out loud under any circumstances." My guess, my guess is that first letter, that first letter, was more personal than the second letter. All right? That's my guess, okay? So then, so so then, right, you get stuck because all of a sudden you're mm. boxed in if you're Belichick. Yeah. And Trump goes, well, can I read it out loud? And, and like, you're Belichick, and you're like, oh, no. What I'd rather I, you didn't. Yeah, what, you know, what did I just do? Could you not? It's going to affect the team. You know, I support you, but it just would be better for us if you did That's didn't. what he should have said, though. But instead, he if goes. That's what he, if that's what he believed. Instead, he sends him this other letter. and just, you know, it, sound, it just seems like he's trying to have it both ways. It, 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 well, he is. That's, but, and that's, he is, but I mean, Bill Belichick, a bit of the out, hypocritical Bill Belichick isn't out there carrying campaign signs. I didn't say Belichick. he was. Though. No, I know. I know. But, you know, who's. Uh, but the thing with Belichick was is. He 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 knows he screwed up. He knows he caused his team a distraction. So now in that press conference, he's trying to cut it off right away because he probably addressed it to his team. Tom, who's Ben McAdoo voting for? I have no who's clue. Who's Dan Quinn voting for? I have no who's clue. Who's Jim Caldwell voting for? I have no clue. But I know who who's Rex Ryan's. Adam Gase voting I know who for. Rex Ryan's voting for. We do for. know who Rex Ryan's voting for. Right. You know what? He'd probably stand up there and answer questions about probably it. Probably would, right. Okay, we know who Bill Belichick's voting for, right? Because he told the candidate to announce it the night before the I, election. Right. You cannot tell me that's he not made, a political he statement. A, he it made is. a big mistake, a huge political yeah, statement. Let's go to the phones at six zero three eight eight three ninety nine hundred. Talk to DJ Dave. Hello, DJ Dave. How you doing? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Greetings from the Queen City. How you both doing? I'll be right back, DJ. I had to go melt some butter for that lobster I might be having in a, in a few weeks. Rub it in, rub it in, rub it in. <laughs> How you doing uh, today, hey, DJ Dave? I'm doing okay. I'm kind of tired because I did stay up to see what happened and uh, kind of shocked. I really didn't think the Trumpster had a, had a chance in hell, but uh, I wanted to share with you the funniest tweet of the day that I've come across. Okay. And it fits right into your discussion. It says, Bill Belichick as Trump's press secretary just seems like an obvious choice. It does. That does do seem like, that seems like a very good as choice. As his press secretary? Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, he'd be great at it. You think so? <laughs> of course. Yeah, maybe. He wouldn't they wouldn't be able to ask anything. 
Let's see what but we I wanna, say. I want to get you guys away. Economy. I'm pretty much, uh, pretty much <laughs> resigned to the lobster dinners, so I'll have to follow up call with you guys in the very near future to concede the race there. But well, they got to win three more, right? Yeah. So as I, you well, know, you, no, never, they, you never, you never know. You never know. Actually, they do. They yeah, do they got to win they, three they, more, so you never know. They're gonna they play Cincinnati on Monday night. The Giants do. They yeah. play Cincinnati Monday night. So it's that, not over yet, but yeah, CNN has called the race for us. Basically. No, I don't think they're, so. They're, you they're, know, they're getting very close getting to making close. a making a decision. They're getting close, yeah, but thinking, I've seen giant I'm teams collapse my, before. Uh, That's true. I'm thinking my path to victory is probably similar to <laughs> Gary Johnson's in last night's election. Yeah, or Vermin Supremes, maybe something along those lines. But guys, real quick, I want to settle another argument because I've heard a lot of uh, I've heard a lot of debates in recent years about who's more important to the success of this team. And as much as I admire Bill Belichick, because I really do think he's one of the greatest coaches mm-hmm. in the history of that league, mm-hmm. um, you can't win without players and. You know, pardon me for saying, I, it's pretty obvious to me, as it is for many others, but it gets lost in this debate. You can't win the Super Bowls without a guy like Tom Brady throwing passes for you. Sure. And these these were all close games, and he was the difference maker probably in all four wins. I mean, I've never seen Tom Brady. Tom Brady has never looked better than he did in quarter number four of their most recent victory against one of the greatest defenses in the history of this league. Am I right about that? He absolutely looked great. Uh, he really did. But, you, I mean, D.J. Dave, the team that won the Super Bowl last year, did it with Peyton Manning, whose body was falling apart and who couldn't complete a pass over eight years. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What, what, who, greatest defenses? Who's, who are we talking about? The Seahawks. In 2014, right? Oh, I thought you were talking about this. 2014, their last Super Bowl. Oh, the oh, you yeah. said their most recent win. I thought you were talking about the fourth quarter against Buffalo. No, That's no, no. He meant their most about. recent yeah, Super Bowl right. win. And you're right. I mean, that was uh, that was an unbelievable performance. But, sure. You know, then the the, ne- the very next year, I mean, literally the very next year, the Denver Broncos go out and win the Super Bowl with their pass rush and a quarterback who can't, you know, who I could throw a ball further than at this point. And that's, you know, you're right. It, it certainly is uh, a, a great testament to both the coaching ability and playing ability of Tom Brady and coaching ability of uh, Bill Belichick. But I don't know that you can necessarily say that Belichick would have been lost or unsuccessful without Brady. I think there's not enough evidence to support that. Well, I, would, I wouldn't debate that with you, Christian. And, you know, in the end, it took one miracle defensive play on maybe the stupidest play call in the history of the league to, to wrap it up. Right. But but you don't get to that point without Tom Brady being absolutely almost perfect. And I sure. think he actually was perfect in that fourth quarter, correct? Yes, he was. And also, you're right. But, I mean, if you want to talk about their entire time together and the success, isn't Adam Vinatieri right up there as a factor, too? I mean, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick could have done everything right, and then the kicker goes out and misses the kick, and it doesn't matter. You know, like, there's there's a lot of <laughs> different factors here. It's not there, just those There's two. a lot of parts, but I think yeah. the deal writing thing is they don't have the success but without just, Brady. You're just uh, reaffirming my point. You have to have players, and yep. I don't care. I don't care how great a coach Belichick is. You gotta have players, and I think he would probably admit that too. Well, anyway, I think. Thanks for taking my call, guys. All right, you got it, right, Dave. Dave. I got one thing I, to I, say. I think what Seattle, Seattle. Right. I think the thing is, is right now they're so good hmm. that we're all looking at the intangibles. Yeah. Okay. We're all looking to what effects a trade will have on on this locker room. We're all looking at what effects a political endorsement will have on this locker room. It's true. And how will it how will it screw them up, or will it screw or will them it, up? Yeah, will it even make a difference? Right, and that's what we look. You're looking at things that could pull this apart. That was sorry about that. Ding. <laughs> that was my bad. Ding.
So you look correct. That's what we're so looking you're for. Right, exactly. See, so, <laughs> I got one right. So you look at things that would would you know be divisive. Yeah. All right. You're looking at, similar to last year when they were on a roll. All right. What happened? The the the, the pooch kick. Yeah. The 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 overtime decision. The uh, the play, the, the, the gameplay, all yeah. those different things, all those things. You're looking at things that they're going to do to try to screw this up and not what how good they are on the field. See what I mean? Yeah. And that's what Dave's talking about a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he's right. Dave's talking about the fact that they're so good, yeah. that may not matter. It may not. You know? And we'll see. Yep. Uh, 603-883-9900 is your phone number. Quick break. What do we got next? We got Matt Correa coming up, the head men's soccer coach at Daniel Webster College. They are going to the NCAA tournament, their third in a row, and they will play Worcester State on Saturday. And Matt Correa will be on the line in just a few minutes to talk all about it. All right. That's coming up next here. Don't go anywhere. It's Christian and King. Yeah. Did you find it, did you find it uh, helpful to talk to your players about this? If any of your players talk to you about this, are you concerned? We've got it all here on ESPN, on ESPN, New Hampshire. I'm Ari Wolf with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Cowboys owner Jerry Jones admits it may take a while to sort out his team's quarterback situation with Tony Romo nearing a return from injury. With rookie Dak Prescott leading Dallas to a 7-1 start, Jones says the team will, quote, play it by ear at quarterback once Romo returns. Blair Walsh will remain the Vikings kicker for now. The Vikings worked out three kickers Tuesday to potentially replace the struggling Walsh, but didn't sign any of them. The early returns are in, and it appears San Diego voters will reject Measure C, which would have provided money for a new Chargers stadium downtown. The team said before it is still committed to finding a long-term solution in San Diego, regardless of whether or not the measure passes. And the Bills and Seahawks are still jawing at each other following Richard Sherman's illegal hit on Buffalo kicker Dan Carpenter. Rex Ryan says Sherman is too good to play like that. Pete Carroll's response, quote, I just wish he'd coach his own team. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. I'm Jay Farner, president of Quicken Loans. Mortgage rates have dropped again. In fact, recently mortgage rates have dropped to the second lowest level in history. Now is the time for you to take advantage of these historically low rates and save serious money every month by refinancing your mortgage. The rate today on a 30-year fixed rate mortgage is all the way down to 3.5%, APR 3.57%. Call Quicken Loans today at 800-QUICKEN to see how far we can lower your mortgage payment. For six years in a row now, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. And for the third year, they also ranked us highest in the nation for mortgage servicing. It's a great time to refinance with Quicken Loans and save hundreds every month. This ultra-low rate of 3.5% won't last long. So call 800-QUICKEN or go to quickenloans.com. That's 800-QUICKEN. Visit jdpower.com for award information. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. The bye week is over, and now the Patriots open the second half of the season with a big game against Seattle in Foxborough Sunday night. This is ESPN New Hampshire's Pete Terrier, inviting you to join me for a Bud Light Patriots viewing party at the brand new Buffalo Wild Wings inside the Pheasant Lane Mall in Nashua. We'll have lots of prizes and giveaways, and someone watching the Pats at B-Dubs in Nashua is going home with an awesome Bud Light Patriots cooler. Buffalo Wild Wings, now serving you game day greatness inside the Pheasant Lane Mall in Nashua. 
Let your search for Mazda and Subaru dealers begin and end with North End Subaru Mazda. Only 20 miles from Nashua, North End Mazda in Lunenburg has the best deals in the area. With Mazda 3s and Subaru Forester, both leaders in their class, and a giant pre-owned inventory. To look at their weekly specials, give them a call at 888-805-1469 today. They're just a click away at buynorthendmazda.com. New York peace of mind. Let's discuss a little bit of the Derek Rose trade. I think he needed to start fresh. I think New York is the perfect place for him. He loves being in a city. He loves being under the bright lights. I think him, Mello, and Porzingis is an interesting, you it's know, interesting. it's a curious how everybody melts yeah. together. He has been a league average point guard, but as we were touching on already, is significantly better than what the Knicks had. Starting now, the Knicks are in a much better place than they were three days ago. Every Saturday from 2 to 4, here on ESPN New Hampshire. We've got it all here on ESPN, on ESPN, New Hampshire. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. Back here, it's Christian and King, ESPN New Hampshire, streaming live on ESPNNH.com. I don't have Periscope up today, and it's not because of the election or anything. I just forgot my computer. That's right. I was up very late last night, which I guess means it was technically because of the election, but not because I didn't want to, you know. I'm not wearing my usual shirt and tie, so I'm not concerned. That's about true. That. Yeah, Tom uh, left his tuxedo at home today. Yeah, right. So, um, but it's time now for notes from the kingdom. We got a bit of a special edition of that. So here it is. Here's Tom King. Message for you, Tom. King in the castle. King in the castle. Notes. Well, from the as kingdom. we said uh, uh, day or two uh, yesterday, uh, the uh, pairings came out for the NCAA Division Three Men's Soccer Tournament, and Matt Korea's Daniel Webster College Men's Soccer Team will play Worcester State. At Amherst College on Saturday, Worcester State, the MASCAC champion, and they're 12 and 6. Daniel Webster College goes into this, I believe, uh, 14 5 and 2, something like that, or 13 5 and 2. Mm-hmm. And uh, they will uh, take on Worcester State. Uh, there's a lot of common opponents that they had. I think they both beat them all except for one game, and I believe it might have been against Nichols, but I'm not sure. Matt will probably be able to tell us. And he's on the line now, Matt Correa. Let's welcome him in. Yep, the head coach at Daniel Webster College Men's Soccer. Welcome, Matt. Welcome to the program, Christian and King. Thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Matt, uh, this this is your third trip, third straight conference title, but this season was probably one that, unlike any other you'll have, hopefully, in the rest of your coaching career because you were coaching a team that you knew uh, for a school that would not be in existence this time next year, and this was the last shot. What effect did any of that have on this season? I think a little bit in the beginning of the season. It was a bit distracting, uh, but we got together as a team and kind of made sure we put that aside and really focused on making sure we finished out on having one last season. And uh, I can honestly say that it didn't really affect us as we went down the stretch. What you know? How is this team different, Matt, from the other two? I mean, you've gone and won you know a conference title in the tournament as a second seed. That was two years ago. Last year, you were the favorite, the number one seed. You won it at home. This year, you did the same thing. But how is this team different from those other teams? Uh, just more experience. I mean, it's the team where we started five seniors. 
um, who really knew it was their last go at a conference championship. So uh, there was a lot on the line. And for the younger guys, they really wanted to make sure uh, these seniors were able to go out on a high note. So, you know, doing what they did over the last few years, it wouldn't have been acceptable not to do it one last time. Especially on your home field, is that the most emotional game you've ever been a part of on Sunday's championship game, the last game that you guys will play at Eagle Field? Yeah, I would say so. I think between myself and the players and the parents and everybody that was involved, um, it was a pretty emotional emotional moment for everybody. In a in a situation like this, Matt, where you know everybody sort of knows what's going on, and and there's a, a a bit of a even if you do well, there's a bit of a sadness at the end of it, sort of knowing that this is this is the program. Was it was it sort of tough to address that elephant in the room with your with your kids? Was that something that was that didn't that came easy to you, or you were able to do on a level that you feel good about? I guess. Yeah, I mean, it certainly wasn't an easy thing to do. I mean, we've I've never had to deal with a situation like that. I, you know, these student-athletes have never been put in a situation like that. So, you know, it, it all comes back to, to how you are as a team together. And I think there's so much trust and there's, you know, we've been together for so long. It was just a matter of, okay, well, what do we do next? Well, you know what? One thing we can do is focus on having a great year. And everybody kind of really threw their chips into that. And uh, we've done that. Now, what can you tell us about Worcester State? Uh, well, those so then the champions of the MASCAC, regular season champs, tournament champs, uh, very physical, they're very big, athletic. Uh, those master state schools tend to, to have some raw athletes and they work really, really hard. Um, but I got to say that we love the matchup. You know, I think it's a, a matchup that, you know, we can take advantage of for sure. So what do you do? How does it work when you know who you're going to play and then you're, but you're, you know, you're playing a probably going to probably going to play a team that you hadn't played before what do you do how do you get the information on them what you know obviously the internet helps a lot but what do you do you talk to the the uh there's a lot of common opponents more common opponents than i would have thought uh on the schedules between for, for both of you do you talk to those coaches man or uh, do you get the tapes from those games how do you what do you do yeah it, it starts right away i mean the selection show happened at one o'clock on monday and you know, by by two two thirty, I'm on the phones, basically calling every coach that played against them. Yep. Um, the ones now I can't get anything from their conference opponents, but I can get anything from non-conference opponents, um, and just really get as much information as I can. You know, what well, who are their big guys? Who are their big guns? Some of that you can see online, but what are their tendencies? What do they like to do? Uh, what type of team are they? Uh, and then sometimes you just want to know from a you know, a personal standpoint, what do you think? you think we're, we're a team that we can take them? And, you know, a lot of coaches tend to think with the success we've had that uh, this is a great matchup for us and that this could be our first NCAA win. Are a lot of the kids in your team local, Matt? Are they New Hampshire kids? A good amount, yeah. New Hampshire and uh, Massachusetts. Okay, because I was sort of wondering, like, when a, when a high school team, say a, a program ends for some reason or something like that, there's, like, parents around and sort of family and, you know, the people who come out to all the games. And in college it's a little bit different, but I guess if it's, you know, a lot of local kids, then you still sort of get that. Was that something you experienced with the, were the family members and sort of the parents of these, of these kids uh, supportive through all of this? Yeah, we have, a, we have a great group of parents. I'm, I'm one of the lucky coaches. I know not everybody has that, but we have a – a great group of parents that have come together uh, for almost every single game. I mean, they, they travel to road games, they come to the home games, and sometimes they have, you know, barbecues before the game. So there's a lot that we do together as a program. 
Matt, Kevin Herrera led you guys in scoring. He scored three goals in the tournament. All three goals for you. Or, well, not all three, but three goals in the tournament, in the two tournament games in the NECC. And, you know, he was a kid that, you know, you you, know, you struggled scoring at, at one point during the year. I think part of that might have been your schedule as well, but part of it was probably trying to get adjusted to a new, you know, a few new players that you had in your system. How good is this kid in terms of putting the ball in the net? Uh, he's he's good. He's really good. I mean, he's a super technical player. He's really good with the ball to split. Uh, what really helps him is a guy like him needs to be surrounded by other good players. Mm-hmm. And that's you know we've had a different four at that position the last four years, and they've all they've all been all conference. Two of them were rookies of the year. And that's because of what they have around them. I mean, we got a lot of good players that put these forwards in good positions to score. And uh, all he had to do was was finish it off and put the ball in the net. It's not easy to do this at Daniel Webster College. So how did you do it at Daniel Webster <laughs> College? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, it wasn't easy for sure. It uh, started with, you know, like like you said in some of your articles, I mean, I, I remember watching the baseball team win back-to-back championships here. And right. I kind of, kind of got a blueprint. They had a lot of local guys. And I started really hitting the recruiting trail hard and, my first step was, hey, let's bring in as many players as we can, particularly local, uh, and then kind of see what you can get from those players. And, you know, you have a little bit of success, you can start going after some better players. And, you know, I was lucky to have a group of guys, these seniors that trusted me, you know, four years ago that all came here and decided they wanted to be a Daniel Webster Eagle, and they fought for me for four years. And they've gotten better along the way, and we've sprinkled in some, some new pieces, like Carrera, for example, this year. And, it just worked out. Playing Worcester State's a good draw, but also only having to go a couple hours to Amherst College, that's got to help. Last year you had to go all the way to New Jersey. Why do you think this was a different draw this year and a closer one? Do you think that maybe a little bit more respect for the program and the strength of schedule that you had? Yeah, I think the strength of schedule helped a little bit. I think the experience in the NCAA tournament helped a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, we're still, you know, we're still, if we get by this first game, we're playing the number two team in the country and the defending national champion. Right. But still, you know, not the easiest draw. Right. No, that's true. But at least you don't have to travel far because last year you had to go right. to New Jersey and play a ranked team right away in Montclair State. So, yeah, that... we were lucky. It looked like New England College was the team that got shipped out this year to New Jersey. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. they're playing Rutgers Newark in the first round. Were you surprised when you looked? I was when I looked at the two schedules and saw so many common opponents. I mean, they played a lot of NECC teams this year. Uh, you know, Worcester State did as a, a non-conference schedule. Yeah, I was a little surprised by that. The uh, the team that you were talking about earlier was Nichols, so the only discrepancy was they lost to Nichols and we tied Nichols. Right, okay. Um, other than that, we each you know, had three wins each. Right, so should be a very, you know, you look at that. Should be a very evenly matched game. Matt Correa, it, you know, you hope it doesn't come to an end this weekend, but now you know, uh, you, you knew it once the tournament started, that, you know, whenever you fall on the short end of the board, that that's going to be it. What's that feeling? I mean, do you, do you even think about what that feeling might be like? I've been trying not to think about it, Tom, to be honest, but uh, it's going to be tough when the, when the time finally comes where we – we kind of look at each other, and I look at some of these seniors, and we realize that it's all done. It's going to be pretty emotional. It's going to be a tough moment. But bittersweet, I mean, these guys, particularly these seniors, are going to look back and 
I mean, three championships in four years, that's, that's special. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And, uh, you know, uh, congratulations and good luck uh, Good luck this weekend. Yes, certainly hope that moment uh, doesn't come a moment before it, it has to there, Coach. So uh, good luck to you this Saturday, and uh, good luck to you overall. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, Matt Correa there, head coach of the Daniel Webster men's soccer team. They will be taking on Worcester State in Amherst this Saturday, the 12th, in the first round of the NCAA championship. Yeah, he, he took the— One o'clock kickoff. Bill Waller— Got this program going to the point where it was successful, and they went to a, a they they won a couple of conference titles, and I think they went to one NCAA tournament game. I'm not sure, um, but JP Pines baseball team. We've had JP on before when right. he was at DWC, and they they same blueprint. Go out and get as many guys from the general area mm-hmm. as you can. Now, one of their best players is Ian Hutchinson. He's from Campbell. Okay, and the other one, Marcos Vieira Filho, he's from Alvern. And they've got the kid who had the assist on the game-winning goals from Dover. So, they, you know, he went out, and, and if I remember Lawler's teams, they had a couple of Milford players that were mm-hmm. really good. So that was the blue. And, and J.P. Pine had tons of local guys. He had a, yeah. a former Alvord kid who was the NECC Player of the Year back-to-back. So that was the blueprint that Korea had. He went out and got a lot of recruits, a lot of players, and it worked out in that conference. And uh, Pine's teams... Pine eventually did win an NCAA team, uh, game. Uh, they beat MIT in, in one of the regionals that they were playing in a couple, about three or four, five years, four years ago, five years ago. So they have a good Eagles. This 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 Korea team has a chance to do that on Saturday and get mm-hmm. that. In, that's what they wanted this year. They wanted one NCAA win. They want to win an NCAA game, you know. But unfortunately, they were all looking at that before they realized that this was going to be it for the program. And Korea told his players when all this came down, he promised them he wouldn't go looking for another job until this was all over. He would focus solely on this season and this team and then yeah. start to look. And instead of pulling a Bill Parcells and doing it anyway, he stuck to his work. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, there were no phone calls in his, in his right. office from another school except to scout uh, Worcester State, I'm sure. But my point is... Here's a guy who's won three conference titles in a row and mm-hmm. taken the team to the NCAA tournament three times at a school now that's obviously gotten some recognition for not having to go and be shipped way out of the right. region. He'll land somewhere really good at some point in the next year, I'm sure. Would imagine. Yep. Certainly. So, All right. Yep. Well, good luck to them. Uh, they play this Saturday, first round of the NCAA tournament against Worcester State. Quick break. We'll come back. Hear from Bill Belichick. Coach talked to the media today. and uh, was Seattle. Very brief with them, so uh, we'll uh, have that for you next. Don't go anywhere. It's Christian and King. Come experience all the joys of living at Bedford Green. Only steps from the Merrimack River in Harrisburg.